Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us this week for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen and I'm coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma. To be honest with you, I got rained out just a little bit ago. Just finished with the last horse, so it was a great opportunity to come in and talk about some things I've been working on this last week. And uh, I know there's a lot of you in areas that aren't getting rain i tell you what, we've been praying for you. Um, my family up in the Dakotas, they're just getting cooked. I was talking to my dad yesterday, and my dad said it's the longest hot spell he's ever seen, and he's lived there his whole life. And so I almost hate to even talk about when we get a rain. But uh, anyway, it, it, it will rain again. You know, every, every drought down here, this is what they always tell us, because usually in the summertime, we're hot and dry you know this year has been different for us we've actually had some pretty good moisture but you know the 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 joke down here is in Oklahoma is that every every drought you know has ended with a rain and uh then the other thing is is after every rain they say that's the start of the next drought (laughs) so so we're we're used to we're used to being hot and dry believe me And, and it's been pretty warm but uh, we have actually had way more moisture than we're used to in the summer. So it's, it's been a blessing. But uh, anyway, it gave me a good reason to come in and talk about some things that uh, have happened in the last week. And uh, been a super, super couple weeks. Had a chance to work some horses uh, after we'd got back from our Alaska clinic. I was home for a few days and then went to Illinois and, and had a clinic there. Carrie and Tyler Hill, they hosted the clinic. Just a great group. Really good set of horses. Some really good, i tell you what, they had some really good challenges. And, and you know, my, my theme for this podcast is, is kind of just that saying, there's going to be tough times. There's going to be tough moments. And I'm just going to talk to you about a few of them that we've encountered in the last week or so and 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 i'm also going to talk about some we've encountered here ourselves bridget and myself first of all our clinic in illinois like i said it it just continues to amaze me the quality of the horsepower just everywhere you go there were good horses in alaska and that's not easy to get a horse into alaska i mean where we were at in Alaska, from the northernmost point in Montana, okay, the northernmost point in the lower 48, to where I was at was 2,000 miles. Now, you can drive it. You can drive it. There's a highway that goes across Canada and into Alaska. But, I mean, that right there tells you what kind of transportation costs the transport fee just to get a horse up there now there are some horses jenny our host was telling me about some people that actually have a couple stallions and that they raise some horses and well you talk about 
some challenges that they face that we're not used to. You know, just with the shortened season, it's it's very it's extremely challenging. But at the same time, really, really nice horses up there. And uh, same way in Illinois. Um, we had, tell you what, there were, let's see, there were, there were three or four horses that were, that were a little challenging for their trainers. Um, probably a little more challenging than, than some of the other horses were for their trainers. And, and one in particular, and I'll, and I'll never forget her for the rest of my life. And, and her name's Hillary. And I don't think she'll mind me telling this story. So she's riding a sorrel mare. Um, the horse she was going to ride had come up sore, kind of her, you know, her number one. And so she, uh, short notice, had to change horses. That first morning, the sorrel mare is really, really reactive. You could tell right off the bat it was going to be, it, it was going to be a challenge. And in a lot of ways, that was the biggest blessing Hillary or myself or and a lot of others could have had that day because it really magnified the importance of understanding triggers. Triggers that trigger a horse to flip that switch back to the thinking side of their brain triggers that cause that horse to flip that switch to the reacting side of their brain and also was a great opportunity to work with that horse and and use that horse as an example as far as figuring out what you can do and what your trigger is to bring that horse back to the thinking side of their brain because when a horse is being very reactive that way i mean forever it used to just tick me off just annoy me now i understand that for that horse it's a cry for help horses do not want to feel like their life's in danger and literally when when they're when they're in that state of mind i i think they feel like their life is literally in danger at times now i do think there's varying degrees of reactive responses. I, I do think there are some varying degrees of reactive responses because just like a horse that kind of freezes up, well, that's a reactive response, right? That, that's a, that's an, a response that is, that is stimulated from anxiety. A horse that rears up, kicks, bites. Oh, I had one, one trainer there um, riding a really nice two-year-old, beautiful two-year-old Palomino filly. And bless her heart, <laughs> the second day, that filly, she fed her and was walking behind her. And the filly, the filly double barrel kicked her. And then, and then later when she was leading, leading it into the arena, it stepped on her foot, which I think she'd already kicked her in. And, and I laugh about it now because um, Danielle and I, the owner of the horse, bless her heart, she was she was frustrated, but we were laughing about it. She said, you know, been kind of a rough day. Well, you know, that those are reactive responses. Now now you can say, well, 
like when a horse steps on your foot that they just did it by accident um i don't know you know i was riding a horse today that I've, i was trying to ride into the barn we've got a barn on the south edge of our place with some apartments and i was trying to ride that filly into that horse barn she knew exactly where she was putting her foot every step of the way and i'm i'm not convinced that they do that by accident i think if a horse steps on your foot i think they know your foot's there i i, I really do i don't think there's that's a an accident and so just like there that's that's a to get to get kicked and stepped on that is a frustrating start to your day and and uh this is a really nice really nice filly but obviously obviously there were there were some reactive responses there with time will those go away yes they will with time now the kicking you know you have to address that and when that happens you have to within you know sure enough within three seconds you have to correct it and encourage strongly discourage them from doing that because as she gets bigger and stronger that could only get more dangerous and worse but the main one i want to talk about today is hillary's horse the her sorrel mare and then also i want to talk about a horse of ours that bridget and i've been riding for a while that that has caused some you know heated discussions <laughs> and and some frustration with bridget and frustration with me and and i'm going to tell you what i mean there's there's some lessons that we've learned here lately you know that that came from me having to step back and and get a different perspective of of what's going on and and what we're doing and so you know first of all talking about hillary's mare that mare was you know that mare was just insecure the mare was not comfortable where she was at she wasn't comfortable being there when we unload those horses number one when you load them up you haul them and then you unload them when you unload them i mean we should be surprised if they're not insecure and reactive really and truly because you take a young horse especially when you get more into the northern states you know where your where your season is limited right because of weather when we take one to a new place or we or we haven't taken them anywhere for a while if we unload them and they're not somewhat reactive that should surprise us way more than if they are reactive right so we talked about right then when you unload that horse having a trigger to bring that horse back to the thinking side of their brain. And for me, I always work them with a halter and a lead rope, send them off, bring them back to me, send them off the other direction, bring them back to me, send them off the other direction, bring them back to me until I see that horse's eye soften, till I see their head drop, till I see that jaw relax, then time to the trailer because then the trailer tying them to the trailer becomes the release well you think about if you just unload them and they're being reactive 
and then you go time to the trailer solid which anytime a horse is tied solid it can cause them to be claustrophobic okay well when when they have a reactive response from being claustrophobic okay that 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 trailer becomes a trigger you know you unload them they're they're reactive then then you time to the trailer that cause a causes a they they feel claustrophobic they feel like they're being held and, and then then you have another reactive response like pulling back well you know you just think about it if if when you unload that horse you take them over to a good spot and you you put them to work just like you do at the house before you you know i encourage everybody to do this before you saddle your horse and then after you saddle your horse work that horse a little bit more then when when you bring that horse to you and let them let them let you be the release you can put the bridle on well then the bridle also becomes part of the release um and then you can go on from there well you think about that you know you think about that just like this horse of hillary's you know if if she adopts a program like that at home and she will because she's that type of person she will she will work at it and she'll do what she has to do but with this filly just like when you get somewhere whether it's well basically anywhere you go anywhere you go it is going to be very uncommon if you go to an event a competition a clinic a barrel race a team roping a rodeo it doesn't make any sense to think that you're going to be more relaxed there than you are at home. I promise you at a rodeo, at a roping, at a barrel racing, at a clinic, when you step up on your horse, you feel different than when you're at home. You, you don't have that security that you have when you're at home or in your own practice pen or in the practice pen that you normally go to right? I mean, there's certain people that in certain arenas, certain places, they're poison. I mean, you can't hardly beat them, right? Well, the reason is, is they're comfortable there. They've been to that arena a lot, okay? I remember back when I was amateur rodeoing up in the Dakotas and I was young, and there were certain places every year that I did good every year. And there were certain places I never did that. I didn't win anything. And, and the reason is, you know, you, for whatever reason, one place versus the other, I had more confidence, whether I'd been there more, or maybe the first time I'd been there, I'd had some success and that carries over whatever that is. Well, the difference year after year after year, obviously, yeah, my horse had a, something to do with it. But when you carry yourself with a more relaxed, more confident feel, your horse is going to feel that. A young trainer named Amber had a bay, bay mare there uh, at the Illinois Clinic. And, and, you know, that mare was the same way, a little reactive, you know, and Amber and I talked about it and, and 
you know, she said, I just, you know, I, it's hard to relax when I go somewhere. I just don't know, you know, I, I can't trust her. And it's a nice mare, nice mare. Well, those are, and we talked about that a little bit, you know, it's like when, when you're doing something, somebody's, and you hear this with parents and kids a lot, you know, you need to relax. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you what, if your horse isn't relaxed and you don't have confidence in your horse, you don't feel like you can trust your horse to make the right choice, to, to make the right decision, to find the right response. I don't give a crap who you are. It's hard to relax. I mean, it, it is, it is hard to be, it is hard to be relaxed in certain situations when you don't have confidence and trust in the animal you're riding or, or if it's, you're with a certain person, you know, that hard to relax. So here again, it becomes so important that you as a trainer are the one in control of those triggers because I'm going to tell you what, controlling 11, 1200 pounds of bone and flesh and muscle is easy if you can get control of that mind. But if you can't get that switch, that, that horse's brain switched back to the thinking side of their brain when they're being reactive, it's going to be difficult to do much productive. And if, and if that's the state of mind your horse is in, when you ride into the arena, you're just hoping to get lucky. You're just hoping to get lucky in. And, you know, praise the good Lord. Every once in a while that happens. We just get lucky, even though it's a dumpster fire, you know, sometimes we just get lucky. I mean, for whatever reason, we, we get through the run and things, things go our way, which is great when that happens. Hallelujah. But you know, the, the challenges with, with the thinking side of the brain and the reacting side of a horse's brain. Those challenges, here's something we got to understand. They're never going away. You're not going to train a horse to never use their reacting side of their brain again, because here's the reason why you don't want to do that. Because like for me, when I drop my hand and I'm asking my horse for everything they've got, I want them to give me everything they've got like they're running for their life. Right? I mean, I used to I used to pick I picked up all through through high school and in junior high, but in the junior high rodeos at that time, it was just roping bulls and dragging them out, and chasing cattle out and stuff, which I still love doing cuz because I could make horses. You know, I could use a horse all day long for 2 days and by golly, them, I'm, I made some horses during that time. Well, talking about that run, it's just like when we were picking up, um, a good friend of mine, Hadley Reed and I, you know, those arenas, there's some of them arenas pretty big. And it was, most of the time there were just two of us. Well, I would much rather pick up 
I mean, I think it'd be much easier picking up at the NFR than it is picking up at a high school rodeo because a lot of times the horses might be a little green. A lot of times the riders were real green. And, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them didn't even know how to get off on a pickup man. Well, and then like you're picking up bareback horses that are, you know, kind of running off. When I put my hand down to go get somebody, I mean, I needed my horse to be flying. I'm asking them in that, in a situation like that, just like in a barrel run, in a, in a rope and run, same thing. When we drop our hand and we ask our horse for everything they've got, you are stimulating the flight, the flight response. You are stimulating their flight instinct. You know, we are asking them to be reactive when we do that. Then in a split second, we got to do, we got to have a trigger to bring them back. And that is so, so important. So important. Going back to the sorrel mare that Hillary was riding, and, and it turned out to have a, she had a great two days. I was so proud of her. But that first morning was rough. And we talked about it, and I knew it was rough. I knew she was, I knew she was having a tough morning, and it was frustrating her, and she was, disappointed and and you know probably a little embarrassed and you know and nobody um, and she didn't have any reason to be but that's how we feel you know when things don't go right we 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 perceive it as we're a failure and when we feel like we're failing we're embarrassed that that's just the way it is but while this was going on in, in the back of my mind I was like and I'd, I'd only met her that morning, but I, just from the little bit I'd known, known her, the short amount of time, I thought, ah, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to her. And you always got to remember, it's always darkest before the dawn. Sometimes we run into that situation that feels like it's insurmountable. It is overwhelming, insurmountable. And we, you know, we are just ready to throw our sucker in the dirt. But it's always darkest right before the dawn for that short amount of time, right before the sun comes up, it's going to be dark. Well, whether it's life, horses, whatever, those challenges that we face like that, it's always going to be that way, and it's never going to go away. I'll tell you another quick story. Like with, with Hillary, I'll go back to Hillary. She had a moment, got regrouped, came back, had a great afternoon that first day, and that second day was really, really good. Now, her horse reverted back just a little bit a time or two, but she brought her right back. And that will just carry over. And, and like I told Hillary, the good ones, the easy horses, they just trick us into thinking we're handy. They just trick us into thinking we're handy. We don't learn anything from them easy ones. You know, we don't, 
I tell you what we learned from them. We learned that we can get overconfident. <laughs> so I've, I've been there more than once, more than once. So, I mean, it was a great challenge, great lesson, and it was, it, and it was a great victory for Hillary. She'll be better now than she's ever been in her life. And she was good before. She's doing a good job before, but she'll be better now than she's ever been because she got over that, that obstacle. You know, another quick story I'll tell you about Bridget and I. We've got a horse here at Dungelding named Wit. And when I bought Wit, he had some issues. I mean, some pretty good, pretty, pretty, ser- uh, not serious issues, but he was kind of a turd. And, but he's, he's, gorgeous i mean good looking gelding and i knew he was going to be good looking and he's just gotten better well so i wrote him i wrote him some and then bridget took him over and and you know bridget is really really good with one gets him really quiet but i turned him over to her too soon i should have rode him more but since he was so gentle and basically just a time thing you know the thing was if she's riding him i don't have to well, we, we got a pretty good slice of humble pie here in the last couple months because that horse has shown, had moments where he looked pretty good. And then there have been some, we have had some moments where he looked like, you know, about as sour a pickle as you could bite into. But I, it made me take a step back and look at look at the process that, that we've used with him and you know starting today he was back in my string and he's going to stay there a while and I ain't going to lie to you today was not that smooth you know he was he tried me and he wanted to get mad and you know it's it's kind of a he has a little issue with uh, effort sometimes and you know what I I don't have much tolerance for that. I mean, you know what? We're busting it every day. If I go out and we work you for an hour or two, I mean, you better suck it up and give some effort. You know, so wet. He's a. You know, he he's he's in my string for a while, but but you know, we had to sit down and have serious talk and say, you know what? I'm not getting them horses rode like I used to. You know, when, when we needed to have them ready for the kids. And and I knew that your success is 100% based off your commitment. I hadn't had that commitment to this horse. So don't, don't, ever, don't ever feel like you're alone out there when you meet one of those obstacles. It's the, the challenges are going to be tough at times. But always remember, nobody gets a pass. Not, not Phil and Bridget Haugen, not, not anybody. And it's always darkest before the dawn. Just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. The sun's coming up, I promise you. So always remember that. This is a subject that's going to come up again, and we'll talk about it more. But, hey, have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. If you think this will help somebody else, please share it. Um, if you ever get a chance, write a review for us. It'd really help us a bunch. But more than anything, just tell the people you care about that you care about them. Do that every day, every chance you get. 
Have a great week. And today and every day, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.